Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. All right, back here at the Ohio, and I actually have two guests with me. Uh, first of all, Max Philby from the Columbus Dispatch. And you know, here's my daughter in the background. We're audio podcast here. She's homesick from school today. So if you wonder what those sounds are in the back, it's from my daughter. But Max, how are you today? Good. How are you doing, Chris? Before I forget, congratulations. You had an honor from Bowling Green State University. Tell me, what, what did they honor you for? Yeah, no, thank you. Um, they give out, give out, a, give out a, out a national uh, award for achievement there every year. Um, and this year they picked me. I, I'm a graduate of BGSU, so um, there's okay. that obvious connection there. But uh, no, it was great. Um, probably a lot for your COVID coverage, right? Because obviously you've you know, done a lot of COVID right. coverage this past year. Wow. Okay. Right. Yeah, I think that that's mostly what they noticed. Oh, very good. Very good. So. What they do? Did they have like a ceremony? How they how they do that? Well, it was it was a Zoom ceremony this year. So yes, <laughs> it was that's, all that's uh, virtual, if you will. Okay. Well, hey, that's good. I mean, it would probably be more awkward if you're in with a bunch of people. You know, it's yeah, usually COVID report here for the dispatch. Well, hey, sure. we, love, we always love having you on. We had you on before. Uh, one story. We have sort of did really well online, and it's got me interested because next Monday I've got my uh, next COVID shot. Um, I got the Moderna, and you wrote a story. Uh, you talked to a high state doctor about tips. You know, how do you avoid some of these issues with um, side effects that could happen after your um, shot? So, wanted to kind of go over with you again. You talked to the high state doctor about it, but just wanted to see um, what we learned. Um, I thought the interesting thing was a sore arm, and you know that mm. happens. I don't think you can ever get away from a sore arm. But the doctor was talking about some tips you could do where it may not be as sore as it would be if you didn't do these tips. Yeah, for sure. So, um, and I'm sure since you've gotten your first dose, you know this <laughs> a little bit. When you go to get the shot, they tell you to relax your arm as much as possible because the needle's going into your muscle. Um, so. Essentially, you want to avoid injury at all. Quite possible when you're sticking a sharp object in there. Um, so if you yes. relax it as much as possible, um, you know you won't you won't do as much damage. Um, and then you know, kind of like you said, it seems like you know some soreness is inevitable because you're sticking a needle in your arm. Um, right. So what they re- what the CDC recommends is taking a wet washcloth and just kind of putting it over the affected area. You know, and, and using your arm and, and exercising with it and stuff um, that can help avoid some of that long term soreness and maybe get through it a little quicker. One thing that blew me away uh, was 
you know, I get up here for the first shot and they say, hey, right arm or left arm. And usually when I get a shot, they put it into an arm and they, you don't really get a choice. Have you ever heard of, like, is there advice on what's the better arm to get into? Like, I'm a righty. So I say, hey, put my left arm, which was nice because yeah, it was sore, but I didn't have to type or do my physical activity mm-hmm. with it. What, what have you heard? Should you get in the arm that you're right with or should you not? Is there any advice on that? I don't know that there's any general consensus on that necessarily. I, I too, I, I'm right-handed and I did my left arm just because I thought, well, you know, really sore, I can sort of not use that one as much um, since I am right-handed. Um, you know, I, I suppose if, if you consider okay. that say, if your arm is sore after the shot, you're supposed to use your arm and kind of move it and stuff. Maybe it would be better to use your dominant arm. Um, but, you know, I think it's just personal things, really. Yeah, my wife said she used her dominant arm, but she said, well, she's going to be moving that more. So she felt mm-hmm. like her arm became less sore, but she's using that. But, yeah, you're right. It seems Could like be. kind of a personal choice. You know, I guess whatever you want to do there. Fainting, I haven't heard about that that much. Is it fainting as you get the shot, or is it fainting just saying, oh, I'm freaked out, I'm going to get the shot, so I faint? Where have you seen that? Yeah, so the Ohio State doc who I talked to told me that he saw it uh, a lot among college students. And this was mostly like an issue where, um, I I mean, you know, being college students, being college students, um, you know, maybe roll out of bed to go get their shot at 8 a.m. They're not having something to eat or drinking any water or anything beforehand. Um, So it's part that and also maybe, you know, just part a little, you know, anxiousness to get the shot and whatnot. I, what do you think about this? And I'm not anti-vax or anything like that. I'm anti-needle. I just don't like needles going into my arm. And you know, I, I got the vaccine. We need to get the vaccine. And everything. <laughs> I asked the nurse to distract me because you know what's coming. I'm 46. I understand what's happening here, but I still get a little bit freaked out. Sure. Does stuff like that help? Uh, you know, maybe against fainting or some I, other stuff. You know, I. From a personal standpoint, yeah, I mean, often I really try to focus on something else when I'm getting a shot, too, because, you know, you just don't want to think too much about it and, and freak yourself out. So, you know, I'm sure there's probably some benefit to that. Maybe focus on an object across the room or something like that. Now, not watch the shot go into your arm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. If I did that, I'll be out the door. And it really wasn't a bad shot by any means. <laughs> but just saying, oh, here comes no, the yeah. But I always he asked that question. This is an awkward question to ask because they're doing shots all day. Sure. They don't want to be like, hey, Max, what are you doing? Or, hey, Chris. And this was nice enough to ask me general questions about my job, and I helped her out with that. I, I might even think, and I don't know if this is law or not, I might bring headphones in next time, listen to a podcast or a song or something. I mean, I, I don't think the nurse would care, right? Probably not. I mean, you'd have to ask, but I, I, I assume that would be allowed. Yeah, and that way they'll avoid them from making this weird small talk, which I'm sure she's like, well, who is this guy? He's old. He's not a kid or anything. So, yeah, I, I may do that. That's uh, This is helping me out. Hopefully it's helping our listeners out, but it's helping me out too. And, and you were saying sure. too, um, along with the thing, you know, uh, some of the hyperventilating and anxiety that people can get. Um, what have you found to be the best way of helping with that? Yeah, no. So, I mean, the doctor just kind of talked about, you know, especially when it comes to the hyperventilating, trying to breathe in and out through your nose, you know, and, and frankly, just try not to think too far into it. I think a lot of people are really excited and really worked up to get the shot for obvious reasons, right? We've been stuck in this sort of limbo for a year now. Um, 
So it feels like a really big moment when you do get that vaccine. Um, speaking for myself, you know, I've had both shots and yeah. um, even the second one, you know, it's like you almost kind of can't believe we're here. We're at this point already. Um, now I say already because it's been a whole year, but at the same time, it's only been a year. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's just a big moment. And I think there's a lot, there's probably a lot of emotion tied up in, in it for a lot of people and, and uh, some anxiety. And that just happens. Well, and I'm thinking, whoever we are, I mean, you know, I would be stunned if someone could say, well, I really haven't thought about COVID all last year. I mean, you could be a trash collector. You could be wherever you could be in life. But obviously, COVID really has affected all of our lives and everything. But, man, I, I can't imagine how this would feel because I'm in the news business. But, you know, I've done a lot of COVID stories, but we do other stories, too. You're the COVID report. That's what you cover. So did it make you feel differently because that's – what you do. I mean, that's, I'm sure right. it's impacted a lot of your life personally and professionally. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I mean, so I, I was lucky enough, at least to my knowledge, I never caught COVID. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm, in some sense, I feel like, wow, I made it to the finish line, um, at least for now. Um, in another sense, you know, I, I've, I've still been going out and doing some reporting and stuff, not just making phone calls and whatnot, um, which I do a lot of the time for interviews right now because of the pandemic, but you know, I've been going into hospitals and stuff. Um, so I definitely feel a little like I have to look over my shoulder a little bit less or a little safer, more protected now that I've got, you know, both shots to go out and do that kind of reporting. So that's, that's pretty nice. <laughs> Very good. Uh, you know, the t lots of good tips with the article, but the one that really stuck out to me was talking about, Hey, plan for, this, uh, you know, plan for some type of a fatigue, fever, chill, or body ache. It's not going to take them all away, but if you have an uh, Tylenol or aspirin that, like the night before and water, um, like the day you get your shot, sometimes that helps you the second day. I, I thought that was really interesting, too. Yeah, yeah. So the doctor I talked to said, you know, when you go to bed that night, um, even if you're feeling fine after getting your second shot, uh, you know, put some Tylenol or some, you know, Advil on your, on your bedside table with a glass of water. That way, if you do wake up in the middle of the night or when you wake up the next morning, if you're not feeling so hot, you know, you've kind of got everything you need already. Um, because those are the, you know, for fever, chills, uh, body aches and whatnot, those are the, the kinds of things that are going to help you through it. Okay. So I don't want to take that before I get that right. Like, like, no, no, yeah, you should. It, there's no need to take it preventatively, but as if if you start having any symptoms or anything, yeah, okay, you should. But I have it right by you that we don't have to stumble across the house in the middle of the night looking for stuff. Right, it's there. Right. Okay, okay, very good. And remember, like you said, you don't want to do it preventively, and that's after you get the shot, not the day before you get the shot. Uh, after you get the right. shot, have it ready, and that way, if you feel that you can you know, take it right away. All right. Well, good. I appreciate that clarification. That helps. Definitely. Um, you also talk about allergic reactions. Um, yeah, read the story. We'll have a link with the podcast. Important to know. I, I know they ask you before you get the vaccine, do you have any allergic reactions? But your article does a good job of pinpointing a couple of specific ones that people might have that reaction to. So just to let people know. Yeah, for sure. There's there's a couple chemicals in each of these, um, each of the three vaccines that have been approved in the U.S. right now. Although, obviously, um, you know, if you're planning to get a shot uh, while listening to this podcast, you probably won't be getting the Johnson & Johnson one right now because it's paused in the U.S. Um, 
There's a couple uh, pretty common chemicals that are found in some of these shots. Uh, most people who have some sort of allergy to one of them already know it by now because they're found in a bunch of other products. You know, I think one of, I think the one found in the Johnson and Johnson shot is also found in a lot of ice creams. I think um, the one that's in the mRNA vaccine from Pfizer and Moderna uh, is found in some laxatives and, and, and whatnot. So the odds are you've probably come across these before and would know if you, you know, are allergic I mean, just in case, even if you're not, you know, doctors at pretty much all vaccination sites are supposed to have, you know, EpiPens ready to inject people if need be, or even just, you know, some doses of Benadryl um, that they can give to people who might have some mild reactions. And here's the other thing that surprised me. My wife, being a teacher, got it uh, before I did. I literally woke up the morning of the first dose and I was asking her saying, man, should I have fasted? Because sometimes, like, you get a shot that you have to get a fast for they're saying, hey, you can eat beforehand, and it's good to do this on full stomach and be hydrated. I thought that was interesting. I wouldn't have thought about that otherwise. Yeah, no. I mean, the doc- the doctor I talked to for at Ohio State said, you know, definitely make sure you have something to eat um, and drink plenty of fluids beforehand. And I think that can contribute to, you know, avoiding things like fainting and whatnot. Um, yeah. So you know, definitely go in with a full stomach if you can. <laughs> All right. So I got your word, and I'll show my wife and – I, I can pig out, <laughs> go to McDonald's drive through on the way up, and uh, have there you go. <laughs> yeah, because I literally didn't eat that much, and I didn't have a bad reaction. I just I was hungry. I, I wanted to get something as soon as I got that done. But <laughs> it'll be good. Yeah, I uh, you were lucky. I think you said you got yours in Columbus. I couldn't find one right away. I didn't want to uh, spend a lot of time looking, so I ended up driving up to Mansfield. So I had a little bit of a drive. Oh, okay. Well. I actually, I actually ended up driving over to Dayton for mine. Actually, oh, okay. Um, All right. So I, I got mine at the Dayton Convention Center. I, I, I sort of had a strategy one that was opening up to um, uh, the broader public. I'm, I'm 30 years old, so I didn't qualify yeah. until it kind of started opening up to everybody under 40. Um, and I just, you know, uh, setting alerts for different Twitter pages for different health departments and stuff. Because by that point, I was like, all right, you know, I'm ready. <laughs> get Put it in my arm so I could, you know, start to get back to some semblance of a normal life. And, and like I said, also be able to go out and do my job and, you know, not have to worry as quite as much as I previously did. We, we should have had, um, I don't know if I t- told you guys, but we had um, Dan Tierney on, the uh, spokesman for uh, Governor DeWine. And we tried to have mm. fun. Because, you know, the COVID press conference has always been interesting in the past year and everything. I was joking with him saying, Dan, I walked in. It was like Monday around the time of the typical DeWine press conference. I said, I was expecting to see a TV camera there. I was expecting to have my vaccine live on a DeWine press conference. And he joked, and obviously I wasn't expecting that. But he was saying some people actually want that for either the publicity or because they think it might help the cause. You know, like if maybe hmm. it's a person of color – you know, saying, hey, you know, if I get the vaccine, maybe I'll encourage some fellow people to get the vaccine at all. I mean, what better person could they pick, though, than Max? I mean, you know, obviously, in journalism, <laughs> we don't want to be the story, we'll be behind the story, but we can say, hey, the COVID report for Columbus Dispatch has it. So, I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, for right. sure. Yeah, it would have been awkward because, you know, we can't be the story. Right, right. No, well, you know, I definitely. I definitely proudly tweeted out like a photo of myself getting the shot. So, you know, it's exciting. It's, you know, it feels like history in a sense. So it's just cool to be part of that, whether it be covering that or, or you know, be getting, taking the jab yourself. So, 
Yeah, I didn't feel a t- I, I was thinking I would feel some more emotion. I didn't really feel that emotion, but yeah, I was quick to post something to Facebook and Twitter. Just, you know, hey, if it encourages one person that follows me, why not? You know, I, th- sure. I think it's a good thing too. So, all right, well, what do you have upcoming? Uh, anything you can talk about that you're working on? Sure. So I'm um, working on a couple stories right now, um, kind of trying to dive into the issue of hesitancy uh, around the mm-hmm. vaccines in Ohio. Um, you know, we're get, we're starting to get to a point probably within the next couple of weeks where there's, you know, quite possibly going to be more shots um, available than people who want to get them, especially if that J&J one comes back online. Um, then separately, I'm also working on something looking at sort of the anxieties and stress re-entering you know, the world uh, post-pandemic. Um, so I'm talking to um, some a counselor and then somebody who teaches meditation and stuff on how, you know, people can sort of deal with some of those stresses and stuff that they haven't dealt with in about a year. Have you heard, um, I don't know if you saw this, our, our sister paper up in Akron, they had a story about one guy that actually was um, vaccinated. You know, he got both vaccines. Um, he had some health trouble and he had COVID and he actually had to go back to hospital. Mm-hmm. Now he has a lot of health issues. I mean, it wasn't like he was a totally healthy person beforehand. Um, has that been a concern? I know Dwayne was talking about that last week on his press conference. It seems like the number of those people that have had that have been very slim and been more defined by people with health issues. Is that what you're hearing? Yeah. I mean, so the, what they call these kinds of infections are breakthrough infections. Um, you know, the vaccines aren't 100% effective. The Pfizer and Moderna are about um, 94, 95% effective. If I recall correctly, the Johnson & Johnson one was around 70, 72%, something like that. Um, so you're definitely going to have, even after people are vaccinated, you're going to have some of these people who have gotten the shots um, still come down with COVID-19. But the goal is that because they've been vaccinated, um, you know, they might not require hospitalization, hopefully, um, and, and very likely, you know, won't, it won't get anywhere close to death. Um, yeah. But yeah, the idea is to basically turn COVID-19 into something more like, you know, you know, like a shark attack or, you know, a car accident or something, you know, make it, make the deaths and hospitalizations from it far fewer than, than we were seeing, especially during our winter surge. It's an important story for us to cover, but it's also important for the public to understand the context of it. Just to for say, sure. oh, no, this guy got sick, you know, no, this should get the vaccine. The numbers, it's very low. And even, I think, I sure. think the one, 154, but think about the probably millions of right. vaccines that already went out already. And 154 is a really relatively low number. Well, Max, thank right. you. So and I mean, in, in, Ohio, in Ohio, even, you know, we've vaccinated over 4 million people already, and, and there have yeah. been very few cases of those breakthrough infections. So. Yeah, 154 out of 4 million, especially when it's people that have severe health issues, which we've heard since COVID first started. I, I think those right. are really well. So, all right. Well, Max, as always, thanks for your time. I want to make sure you get back to your work uh, today. Remind us how we follow you on Twitter if we haven't already. Yeah, it's just at Max Felby. And then is it, it also remind us of your Substack because I know you're putting out health yeah. stories each week. Yeah, so I have a newsletter called The Curve. Um, it's on Substack. Um, if you just search The Curve, it should pop right up. But yeah, I curate um, COVID-19 pandemic and health news into a newsletter usually once or twice a week. Um, so definitely take a look at that. 
Fantastic. And we'll put those links on there too. So if you don't want to search, you can just click on the link and get right there. Well, as always, Max, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, have a great day. And uh, thanks for checking out the Ohio. Absolutely. Thanks.